And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, you know, on a, on a note of, of uplift and inspiration, there are some Medal of Honor recipients uh, who are going to receive the Medal of Honor um, here shortly. Uh, and some of them, of course, this is posthumous. But, you know, I'm, I'm always moved by the Americans who put their lives on the line for their fellow soldiers, their fellow Marines, fellow sailors, um, whatever the branch might be, put their lives on the line for them and for us. I, I have to tell you, I'm a little bit cynical about the timing because I believe that right now Joe Biden would do almost anything in order to shift attention away from the disastrous job he's doing for our country. And while these, I believe that these men who are being awarded the Medal of Honor uh, are fully deserving of it, uh, I don't think that the timing is accidental. I just don't trust these people. I think they'll use anything or anybody in order to further their agenda or to keep them in power. And it, 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 it disgusts me to think that they would use these noble Americans and their service to our country to prop themselves up because frankly, I think that that's what it is more than anything else. Uh, here again, not that they're not deserving, that they, but they are, they are, but, but why now? I mean, with his poll numbers tanking and everything, just looking horrible in terms of how the American people are responding to the job he's doing, you know, suddenly this, and he knows the American people love our military folks, honor them, respect them. It's almost like he's, well, you know what? Can we, let's, let's pull this card. Let's play this card right now because we got to play something. Oh yeah, that's fine. Let's use them. I tell you, I can respect a president who doesn't see the military as his prop, but sees these as the, the honorable, decent men and women who put their lives on the line for the rest of us. And God bless them. Um, speaking of the disastrous job that this president is doing, did you all hear this? Because, you know, here again, folks, you know, you, you, you hear some things and you think that can't be true. It just can't be. I left, right, Democrat, Republican, that can't be true. Nobody would be that stupid. Well, apparently Joe Biden is. President Biden. Not easy for me to say that. But he is. Uh, apparently, that's stupid. Do you know what they're actually doing, folks? You've heard about the $450,000 is going to go to those who we, we injured by separating them from their children. <laughs> you, know, I mean, you, you 
know, why don't we pay every prisoner with a child who went to jail? Because we separated them from their children, too. So why don't we give them all for 450000 bucks? These people were breaking our laws. They should not be rewarded for it. But of course, the American Communist Looney Union is more than happy to, to do this because anything that undermines America, they're happy to be a part of. But here's another one. He is actually taking your taxpayer dollars in mind, going into these South American countries, probably Central America as well, and finding people that President Trump deported and flying them, illegal immigrants that were deported, and flying them back into our country. Folks, I am not making it up. They are actually going and finding deported illegal immigrants, picking them up and flying them back into our country because they feel that the Trump administration was unfair in deporting them. I, I'm not, you, you know, I know they're doing it but I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that because they're in violation of our law. They were lawfully deport, deported, but apparently the Biden administration didn't feel it was really fair. One guy, Rojas, had lived here for 19 years, illegally, of course, Claudia, Claudio Rojas from Argentina, and there was another one, Jean Montreville of Haiti, um, Claudio had lived here 19 years and um, they felt that he lived here too long to be deported. So they went and got him and brought him back. This guy, John Montreville, uh, he, this, he, this one's an immigrant, immigrant rights advocate, okay? And he was deported in 2018 back to Haiti. They brought him back. Because what they're saying is their deportations were retaliatory. Yeah, retaliation against you violating American law. And you know, it is the height of arrogance for somebody to come into our country illegally and then become an immigrant rights advocate like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like <laughs> they're here now to straighten us out about our immigration policy, and you don't even belong here. You're not even here legally. So guess what the Biden administration has now implemented? They've now implemented a protected area policy that says even if you're an illegal immigrant, there are certain places, no matter what, where you have absolute immunity against deportation. I'm not making that up either, folks. Those protected areas are protests. You may not be deported out of a protest. I mean, <laughs> you're an illegal immigrant and you're protesting in our country? 
but that's such a sacred thing that we will not deport you from there. You absolutely protected at a protest. If you're at a rehab facility, if you're at a homeless shelter, if you're at a school, college, university, public school, if you're in a park, if you're in a place of worship, a church, a synagogue, a mosque, if you're in a hospital, and get this one, if you are at any kind of rally or parade, you may not be deported from that. In other words, they can't touch you. It's like you have a zone of immunity. So basically what they're really doing is, it's not only open borders, but it's basically outlawing deportation. And you know what this is? This is rank lawlessness. It is rank lawlessness. I don't even, and here again, I don't know who would challenge it. How can you reward someone who came into our country illegally, got deported? You spend taxpayer dollars to go get them in the, their home country and fly them back to a country that they have no legal right to be in. I, I, don't, I don't know how you get that stupid. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. University professors in the humanities and social sciences have been publishing open letters for years, but the latest one comes from some of the top scientists in the country warning about the assault on math in our schools. In previous commentaries, I've talked about woke math and woke science. It is sometimes easy to dismiss such bizarre statements by leftist critics, but this letter focuses on recent attempts to eliminate standardized testing and lower standards in math to give the appearance that achievement gaps don't exist. Their focus is on the California Department of Education's math framework that encourages math teachers to take a justice-oriented perspective. They are concerned that such programs will reduce the availability of advanced mathematical courses to middle schoolers and beginning high schoolers and thus discourage students from taking calculus. The signers are from some of the top universities and are likely left to center politically, but they are deeply concerned about trendy and shallow courses instead of necessary focus on foundational mathematical skills. The lowering or even the elimination of mathematical standards would certainly damage America's global competitiveness. They remind us that the mathematical courses and disciplines are centuries old and arguably even more critical for today's challenges than in the Sputnik era. America cannot afford to dumb down education in important fields like civics and history, but our technological future would be devastated by a generation of future scientists and engineers who know little about the mathematical tools necessary for technological progress and innovation. Let's hope educators are listening. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info slash CRT. We're now confirmed dead in this latest violent attack. Abortion continues to be a hot-button issue. Man, it seems like the news gets worse every day. I can't even watch it. There's just nothing but bad news. You want some good news? Jesus loves you. Yeah, right. What does that mean? 
It means Jesus, who was actually God in human form, suffered and died to pay the penalty for sinners like you and me. He took the blame for all the sin in the world and then suffered and died so that we wouldn't have to be punished. So what? I'm not a sinner. (laughs) Actually, we're all sinners. But God says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. That sounds like good news. Is it true? Here, let me show you in the Bible. Share the good news today. A reminder from American Family Radio. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not. Dot net. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We're back, folks, and I've got a very important guest. All of us have been watching the news of violence around the country, and of course, it seems that Crime Central is the city of Chicago. And my guest is there on the ground and is one of the people trying to do something about it. Pastor Corey Brooks is the founder and senior pastor of New Beginnings Church of Chicago and founder and CEO of Project Hood, uh, which is a communities development corporation that's really become and made him a leading voice in Chicago against the violence that seems to, to, to really be running rampant particularly in the poorest neighborhoods. Pastor Corey Brooks, thanks for taking time and welcome to The Awakening. Pastor Corey Brooks, are you there? Okay, sorry about that, folks. We'll we'll try to get him back. Uh, look, I do want to come back, though, to the um, the Medal of Honor winners. Uh, I didn't have their names in front of me, um, and when our guest comes back, I'm going to write to him, but they are Master Sergeant Earl D. Plumley, and he is going to, of course, receive that award posthumously. And there's Master Sergeant, uh, oh, that's Master Sergeant Plumley, and um, is that one just about him? Let's see. Um... Sergeant First Class Christopher A. Saliz and Sergeant, let's see, okay, Sergeant First Class Christopher A. Saliz and Sergeant First Class Alwyn C. Cash. Cash is from Oviedo, Florida. And uh, Christopher, all right, but, uh, but we take our hats off to these Medal of Honor winners. God bless them. Okay, folks, our guest is back. I've already introduced you. Uh, Pastor Brooks, welcome to The Awakening. Thank you for having me on, Bishop. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, look, first of all, you are on the ground in Chicago, and I, you know that Chicago makes more national news for the violence that seems to be happening there um, than for almost anything else, sadly. But as someone working on the ground, Give us your perspective. Is the media accurately portraying what's going on in Chicago? Is it is it not as bad as it seems? Is it worse than maybe it seems? What do you think? Well, Chicago is the tale of two cities. And on what happens in Chicago, uh, the Magnificent Mile, the uh, Gold Coast, those areas are really nice and 
crime is not as much. But then you have these other areas, these pockets on the south side and west side uh, that are really struggling and, and dealing with a lot of uh, crime and a lot of uh, gun shootings. And as a result of that, uh, it's spreading uh, now into those areas that never have witnessed uh, that type of violence or crime before. So we start to see kids doing uh, smash and grabs downtown where they're breaking into stores and grabbing all the jewelry. We're starting to see murders happening in places that have not happened before. So rightfully so, um, the media is talking about it as they should. And what's being portrayed about Chicago is, uh, from my perspective, a true story. What what do you think has caused the spike? Now, Chicago's always had its problem. It's a big city. And you've got those poor areas. And frankly, I mean, to be fair, every city in America suffers the same problems, uh, maybe not in the magnitude because they're not as large as Chicago. But but crime and crime and violence are running rampant in Memphis and Philadelphia and St. Louis and, and Louisville, Kentucky. Why do you, what do you think's caused the, the, this increase, though, that we seem to be witnessing? How do you explain that? Because people have different explanations about it. What's yours? Yeah. I think um, the pandemic and the lockdown brought issues to surface that that were lying beneath the surface. And uh, when that lockdown and the pandemic occurred, it it caused uh, people to be hopeless. It caused people to lose faith and it caused people to start acting in ways that uh, are unbecoming and and, and not healthy for our country. So I think what is happening is there have been issues that have always been there, uh, but these this pandemic definitely helped bring it to surface. That's the only thing that I can see that is a common trait um, throughout all the cities that you name. Um, they're all very different. They all have different circumstances. Chicago has a serious gang problem, which makes it very different. But the one thing that is the same is that uh, the crime has been going up in all of those places. And and, and so, so it has to, from my perspective, uh, to do something with uh, the people's hopelessness and and the and the pandemic. Now, of course, I'm sure you know this. So I've got to get you to respond to it. There are a lot of people who say, and you know, I I think this probably is a factor. Um, a lot of people who say that, you know, but the 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 long attack on police. The police are racist. Oh, the sure. police are out to kill black men and and the defund the police and dismantle the police. That 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 has kind of given people who are in yeah. criminals kind of a boldness and a brashness that that they didn't have before what do you think about that theory uh, as a res- uh, i agree 100 percent that um this whole movement of defund police and this whole uh antagonistic attitude toward the police is definitely uh causing issues in chicago and i'm sure that it's causing problems in other cities as well where people who are committing these crimes feel as if uh, one, they're not going to be any consequences, and two, uh, they're not going to be caught. So when you have that type of attitude and that type of behavior, uh, then crime is definitely going to rise. But I, I agree with you 100% uh, that, that that is definitely a issue. Look, I grew up in the ghetto. Um, I came from a broken home. I was raised in foster care. I, hang, I hung with some pretty bad characters in the early part of my life, and I uh, at at the age of 10, something dramatic happened, which is my father came back into my life, took custody of me, and my life changed dramatically at that moment. 
But but what do you think about the the breakdown of family? The the, the guys who are are running these streets and and maybe don't have a father, kind of reining them in like my father did for me. Um, that, that that seems to have been a long standing and, and frankly degenerating issue uh, over the last five six decades in the black community. Do you see that as having a factor just in not just necessarily in the spike, but in the overall behavior uh, that makes these communities so dangerous? Absolutely. Uh, In our neighborhood, 80 percent of the households uh, are single parent households. These mothers are trying to raise boys with lots of tension, lots of hostility, lots of anger. A lot of that being from the fact that there's no father present in the home. And I do believe that. Um, there, even statistics suggest that when a, a child does not have two parents or does not have uh, a father involved in their life, they're more likely to be uh, committing crimes, more likely to drop out of school, more likely to do all the things that are, are, are the ills of our society. Uh, one of the problems that I see, though, Bishop, is that if 80% of the households in our community are single-parent households, we cannot wait uh, as the right. church and as believers mm. to, to, for it to be fixed. And there was a day and time in our culture when we took kids in. We helped to raise other kids. They didn't have to be our biological kids, but we helped to take care of kids. And I think uh, we need to get back to that and help some of these mothers out. I'm not suggesting that it's okay for them to have these babies out of wedlock. It's definitely not. It's not okay for fathers to be absent. But uh, we have this problem, and we can debate on what to do. But one of the things we have to do at this time, we got to get the church involved in these parents' lives, and we got to start mentoring these kids, and we got to start bringing kids that are not our own, uh, making them a part of our family if we're going to change the tide. Tell us about Project Hood, because that's what I want to get to. I know you are doing something about it. Uh, tell us about the program and and how you are faring in trying to address these issues. Well. And I'm staying there for 100 days in a tent, bringing awareness to the violence in Chicago, but also because we're trying to build, we're going to build a center um, that helped change the trajectory of a lot of families. So the center that we're building is a $35 million community center um, that will house all the programs of Project Hood, like our carpentry program, our hospitality and culinary arts program, our theatrical program, our sports program, our entrepreneurial program. All of these programs uh, that we use, our, our, our trauma counseling, our violence prevention, all of these things that we use in order to change people's lives and hopefully uh, to transform a neighborhood completely. So that's uh, what we do. And HOOD stands for Helping Others Obtain Destiny. And people who want to find out information, they can go to projecthood.org, projecthood.org, and find out all the things that we do to help change this area. Projecthood.org. Well, look, man, that that is that is the kind of holistic, broad-based approach that I think is really necessary to address these problems. <clears throat> because I get a little frustrated that there seems to be only one answer: that somehow the police are the problem, um, or that poverty or race are the problems. When it's 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 far more complex than that. It ha- deals Absolutely. with family economic opportunity. And I don't know what the educational system is like in Chicago. I haven't studied it, but if it's like other cities. It ain't good. <laughs> so yeah, it's horrible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But man, you you are doing yeoman's work for the Lord there, 
And I support what you're doing. That's why I got interested in you and hearing about the things that you you are doing in Chicago, because I also believe that the solutions to these problems are going to come from within, uh, not from government parachuting in. So you you are you are the answer, brother. God bless you for it, man. And I, anything I can do to help, I'm looking forward to chatting with you anyway. But anything I can do Absolutely. to help, let us know. Absolutely. All right, God Thank bless you. So you. Much, thanks, thanks for being on. Pastor Corey Brooks actually doing something about it. Stand by, folks. We'll be back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Back many years ago, there were 12 men who shared a common bond. They joined themselves together for what they considered a great cause. It was, indeed, a revolutionary idea they had. It was also a revolutionary leader that they followed. With no weapon more powerful than a great cause, they set out to conquer the world. They carried no swords. They asked no material benefits. They expected to be scorned and ridiculed by the masses wherever they went. Yet from the very beginning, they never swerved, never parted from that great cause to which they had pledged themselves. Lest we forget the impact of that cause upon those men, lest we forget what bound them together, lest we forget what was more powerful than the sword that they refused to carry, we need to remember what happened to those twelve men. One was named James. He was the brother of the leader of the twelve. Another was also named James. He had a father who was named Zebedee. These two men carried the cause into the streets of the city where their group was meeting. Both men were met by angry mobs and were murdered because of their cause. Another man among the twelve was named Matthew. He had been a man of wealth prior to joining the cause and gave up financial security in order to become a member of the Twelve. He carried the cause to a little country called Ethiopia. There he was slain on a sword. He died for the cause. Philip was another of the Twelve. He came from a little city called Bethsaida, meaning the house of the fisher or the house of the hunter. He went fishing and hunting for men for the cause. He was hanged in Phrygia. Bartholomew was the unlikely name of another. Because of the cause, his skin was ripped from his body while he was still alive. Andrew, with his Greek name, was another of those pledged to the cause. He was crucified in Achaia. The cause deserved all he had. Thomas, often criticized for his doubts, left no doubt as to his loyalty to the cause. He carried it to East India, and there he was run through with a lance. Another was named Thaddeus. He was sometimes referred to as the other Judas. He gave it his all before he was shot to death with arrows. He was buried, legend says, in Beirut. There was Simon, a member of the Jewish Nationalistic Party, ready to die for his country against the hated Romans. Instead, he died for his cause. Like his leader, he was crucified. Persia was the place of death. Peter, 
perhaps the best known of the men, got as far as Rome with the cause. There he too was crucified. His request was to be crucified upside down. He did not consider himself worthy to die as his leader did. There was also Matthias, selected to fill the place of the one who betrayed the leader. He paid dearly for his decision to follow the cause. He was beheaded. The other of the men was named John. He was the brother of James, the son of Zebedee. He alone escaped death because of the cause. And still, someone says, the Christian faith is free. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So once again, our congratulations to the family members of those who are receiving the Medal of Honor today posthumously. I think one of them is still alive, but three service, three Congressional Medal of Honor winners. uh, And I believe that that ceremony is going to be taking place uh, in the next few minutes if it's not going on right now as we speak. Uh, So, folks, once again, it it just it this this to me is the best of America. This is the best of America uh, that we produce such people. And I just wish that we could, I I wish, that's not enough. I'm praying and working to make sure that we get leadership that really honors the service of these folks and actually teaches them the skills that they need to do what they're called to do, which is to face down our enemy and defeat the enemy if the time of battle should ever come. It shouldn't be about all this transgender nonsense and all these forced vaccines and all this crazy stuff. Can you imagine if something were to happen now and we're telling, I don't know how, what percentage of the military that you've got to go because we're going to we're going to we're going to discharge you with less than an honorable discharge because you wouldn't take a shot. I mean, this is insane. It is insane. And remembering Congressional Medal of Honor winners ought to be a moment of pause to say, these people don't deserve to be treated that way. These are heroes. They do not deserve to be treated that way. And you got a lot of people right now, they're facing a kind of metaphorical guillotine. Or cut their careers off, if you will, because they won't take this shot. And you've got President Biden telling lies all over the country. This is a disease of the unvaccinated. I have got relatives right now who have COVID because they caught it from someone who was fully vaccinated. How does that work? It's a disease of the unvaccinated. So how do you know that for sure? Because the person who was fully vaccinated was showing symptoms, but assumed that they couldn't possibly be symptoms of COVID because they bought the lie that once you have the vaccine, of course, you're not going to get COVID and you're not going to spread COVID. And they both had it and spread it to a group of people. So, and then you're going to put our military people out of the military because they won't have this thing. 
It's preposterous, folks. It is utterly preposterous. Look, the number is 888-589-8840. I wanted to get your calls in here. And let me raise a couple of other issues. Oh, I didn't even get a chance to talk to Pastor Brooks about this, but he was one of the people who was very elated, very glad that Jesse Smollett was convicted. He said because he got caught in his lie. A gentleman I just had on. He he was he was uh, he's a pastor in Chicago where this thing took place, and he probably didn't make himself very popular in some circles, but he actually denounced. Jesse Smollett as a liar and said he deserved to be convicted and he's absolutely right so God bless him for that you know the truth is what makes us free and lies put us in bondage Um, did you hear that Twitter is now saying that if you say that vaccinations um, don't prevent the spread of the disease and don't prevent you from getting it Twitter will ban you now, what I just said is the truth, and it's a fact. And any, any medical doctor or scientist who is conversant with this knows that's true. The vaccine does not stop you from getting the disease. It does not stop you from spreading it. But here the new CEO of Twitter is saying, if you say that on Twitter, you will be banned. Because as far as Twitter is concerned in their universe, the vaccine absolutely prevents you from getting the disease and absolutely prevents you from spreading it. But that's a lie. So if you lie, you can stay on Twitter. But if you tell the truth, you're off. Do you hear emanations of 1984? Um, truth is falsehood. Freedom is slavery. You know, in other words, it's completely reversed the meanings of things. Or of Isaiah chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 calling evil good and good evil, putting darkness for light and light for darkness, putting bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, being wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. In other words, I, I will be the repository and I will be the determiner of what truth is. And it may not comport with reality, but who cares? What are you going to do about it? That's, the, that's Twitter's attitude. We are going to say what truth is. And once we've said it, we don't care what you think. We will put you off of this platform if you dare to to tell the truth when we've already said that, no, a a lie is the truth. Let's see how that's going to work out in the light of God's judgment. And on on this this crime thing again, um, and speaking of Chicago, a 15-year-old was, let's see, who who is this? Yeah, 15-year-old stabbed to death by an 18-year-old, by the way. Stabbed to death. And the guy who did the stabbing got three years probation and 100 hours of community service in exchange for a guilty plea to second-degree murder. Three years of probation and 100 hours of community service, killed, killed someone and is walking free. Killed a 15-year-old kid and is walking free in Chicago. No wonder Chicago is so violent. We didn't, the pastor and I didn't even get into that. No wonder Chicago is so violent. And no wonder the police are so demoralized. 
because they all they can do is arrest people and put them in jail temporarily. But if you get this revolving door system like what we've got here. Here's what the judge said. I see a child who has two parents concerned with his welfare, a bright kid with a bright future. And I wonder what you're doing in my courtroom. I don't think you're a murderer. But you killed this child and you have to live with that for the rest of your life. You'll never get closure. I wish I could tell you you will. I mean, what, what is this, counseling? And by the way, who counsels the, the parents of the 15-year-old who's dead? This, this stuff is just, it, that's, part, that's a big part of the problem. Because look, if you know you can murder somebody and not go to jail, what do you think that says to the streets? It says it's a free-for-all, open season. 888-589-8840. Oh my goodness. I I can't imagine. I can't I can't believe how much time I used up with that. Uh but let's try to get uh, Frank from Arkansas in here. Frank, welcome. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for calling. I just wanted to let your listeners know that there's a place you can go to find out everything you do not want to know about the vaccine. It's brandnewtube.com. It's doctors and nurses who are banned from YouTube. They've been trying to warn everybody since January 2020. Wow. It's called Brand New Tube, huh? Yes, sir. Brandnewtube.com. It's doctors and nurses who are spilling their guts, crying their eyes out, trying to warn somebody. I'm yeah. a preacher of the gospel, and I try to do my homework, so on everything I try to talk about and find the truth. Like you were saying a while ago, truth. Amen. It's the thing that's a lie today. Truth is a lie today in everybody's a mind, but truth is still truth. And Jesus yes, is the sir. truth. Amen. Thank you for the call, Frank. Brand new tube. Got it. You know, I may, maybe they need to put me on brand new tube because I've been, <laughs> I've been banned from YouTube myself for medical misinformation. You know, having Dr. Uh, Harvey Rich on yesterday, that, that's a basis for banning me from YouTube. Yale epidemiologist, but he's not, he's not espousing the orthodox view. I mean, you just can't have him saying, telling the truth. <laughs> Back in a moment. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net what does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. 
In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where is the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. But here's what happened with the feminist revolution because I was right in the heart of it in, um, in the 1970s. Dr. Meg Meeker on Focus on the Family Minute. Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan said, you can do it, you can do it, but our goal was to beat men. It wasn't to be better selves, it was to beat men. So there was an underlying anger that we were taught to have, and that was to grow if we were to be successful. And that's not healthy, but we didn't recognize it at the time. I saw some of my colleagues say the worst things to men. And how skewed is that? And again, we're seeing that in other places in our culture, that if one person wants to elevate who they are racially or gender or whatever, it necessarily in their mind means you have to squash the other. Hear more from Meg today at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Robert Boyce, the retired chief of detectives for New York Police Department, said, although there's no single reason contributing to the rise in crime, the national crime uh, statistic one national crime statistic stuck out to him. He said, nobody's getting arrested anymore. The number of arrests, believe it or not, between 2019 and 2020 was down 24%, folks. 24%. The lowest numbers in 25 years. So clearly, that's a major factor. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come back to your calls. Let's go to Mike in Missouri. Mike, welcome. Semper Fi, brother. This is your Marine brother down here in Missouri. Semper Fi, brother. Yeah, we, you know, you, you were just, let me turn my radio down. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Yes. Yeah, I was in the truck. I had to turn the radio down. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, regarding the deal with the the Medal of Honor recipients, uh, Mm -hmm. if I were one of those living Medal of Honor recipients, I think I'd just have to send word back to uh, Joe Biden, you know, tell him just to keep that medal because uh, I know what I did. The good Lord knows what I did, and I really really don't want anything from him. You You would feel that he's just basically using you to prop himself up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'd be. Yeah. I feel he'd just be using that uh, to gain some uh, political capital. And like I said, if, if I if I were going to receive that medal, 
I knew what I did. The people involved knew what I did, and the good Lord did. So I, I don't need a medal anyway, you know. So I tell him just keep his medal and uh, have a nice day. All right, Mike. I think, uh, look, I, I think you probably are expressing the sentiment of a lot of people, uh, particularly when they see what he's see what he's doing to the military overall. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Richard in Iowa. Richard, welcome. Hello. How are you? I am blessed. Richard, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Good. I'm so happy I'm online with you. Well, thank what you. What you just said, that, that shot does not stop people from getting COVID. My sister has it. She just contracted it a day, a day ago. Wow. She's out in Maryland. And, and she, she's fully, she was fully vaccinated. Yes, with the booster. See, see. And it, it's, just, it's unreal how, what they're doing. But I want to say this. If we look at what these Democrats are doing, they're doing these in all their political-run states. Like with California, kind of mm-hmm. owns four of those four or five of those ports that we can't get off the boats onto the ports and the docks because of the green rule that California has about truck emissions. And in Texas, to me, it's another it's a Republican state, but the Democrats don't want to do anything because they want the illegals here so that when the election comes up, you have more people here that can illegally vote again. To me. Yeah. And then you look at Chicago, well, get rid of the police and let people run wild. Another Democratic-run state. And forcing New York people to get mandatory vaccinations is another Democratic-run state that the politicians mm-hmm. are just using as a foothold to create fear in other people. But I believe what the Bible says, that we should pray for those in authority, that Amen. we may be the quiet and peaceful life in the sight of God. And what I tell people is, it's not about your political preference. You're praying about those that stand up for the salvational package God has given us in Christ Jesus so we can get the work done of the gospel. Amen. And I've had Amen. People, I've had people Richard. walk away from me and call me all kind of ungodly <laughs> things. But I don't care. <laughs> Brother, there you go, man. There you go. Thank you for the call, Richard. Yeah, look, uh, Richard, you nailed it, and you are you are absolutely right. These these Democrat leaders are not running these places; they're running them down. And I think it's all based upon a political agenda uh, that they think is going to ultimately advance their hunger. Their maybe I should use the word lust for power. So you're absolutely right, Richard. And and people have got to stop voting for these folks because when the wicked are in authority, what? The people are going to groan or mourn. And we've got a lot of groaning and mourning happening around the country right now. All right, Richard, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Don in Virginia. Don, welcome. Thank you, sir. I want to make two quick observations. During the Me Too movement, uh, the pro-abortionists were screaming and yelling, it's my body, I have the sole right to make decisions about it. Yet today we're discharging people from the military, police and firemen, because they won't take an injection into their body. My second observation is Dr. Fauci is always hammering on us, follow the science. Follow the science. When I was in high school, my science teacher informed me that if a human egg is fertilized with a Y chromosome, 
it will develop into a male child. Yet today, we're confused. The Tower of Babel was never finished because their tongues were confounded. And that's kind of where we're at today. Mm-hmm. And I'm through. Yeah, thank you. Well, Don, <laughs> you, listen, you, you, you said plenty there. And the hypocrisy of these folks knows no bounds because you're right. We've heard this mantra. It's my body, my body, my body, my body. Uh, even though there's a separate human being going in their body because that's the way God <clears throat> designed it. But they don't even acknowledge that. Now you've got a case where people should be able to exercise sovereign control over their bodies and not allow someone to inject into that body what those people don't want. And we're told, freedom, freedom. We, what, what did you, as Biden lectures us, freedom, what, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? This is a disease of the unvaccinated. Get vaccinated. Well, I, I thought it's your body, your choice. But apparently only when it comes to killing an unborn child. <sighs> Lord, help us. Let's go to Greg in North Carolina. Greg, welcome. How you doing? Uh, I was saying uh, all you have to do is let uh, uh, Donald Trump and... Uh, how you doing? <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah. hey, Greg, you got to talk to me while you're on the radio, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see. Yeah, let Donald Trump and Herschel Walker uh, run for, and uh, Herschel Walker be the uh, vice president. And uh, that last matter would uh, back up Herschel Walker. And uh, that would be the uh, end of uh, Obama. Uh, Obama and Pelosi and uh, okay, Greg. I, listen, thank you for the call. I've got some feedback in the background, but I tell you what, Greg. Greg just took the cake. <laughs> Greg's on the radio. So like, hey, Bob, how you doing? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm on the radio here. I'm over here talking to E.W. Jackson. Yeah, how you doing, Bob? <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, let's go to. Um, Ben in Texas. Ben, welcome. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. I mean, I listen to you every chance I get, and I really thank appreciate you. respect the way you is. your views because it's strictly on the God of the Bible and not what the culture wants to put forth. You know, mm-hmm. and, and my view is is that if we don't stand firm on the God of the Bible. The way things are going now, uh, America's not going to be taken over by military power. It's going to be taken over from inside. And I feel like we've got to stand on the God of the Bible, the way the Bible teaches and not what the, the world wants to teach us and uh, tell us to view things. Hey, Ben, I, what, what can I say? I couldn't agree with you more. You are absolutely right. And... You know, folks, isn't it interesting that the Bible is debunked and, you know, follow the science? And I've seen so many Christians ridicule who say, I don't believe this is what God wants me to do. He doesn't want me to take the, oh, that, that, yeah, he's, he's stupid Christians. They're, 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 they're stupid faith. And yet everything that's good in our culture 
has been informed by, inspired by, motivated by the Bible. Where, where, where did all the universities come from? Where did all the, the, the hospitals come from? Where, where did all this stuff start? With Christians who wanted to educate people, Christians who wanted to see people healed, Christians who wanted to, to do good things for others. And yet the very Bible that inspired all that, we're supposed to throw out. I mean, it's just, it's frankly, what it is, it's suicidal. It really is. It's suicidal. But then again, Satan is suicidal, isn't he? Okay, thank you for the call, Ben. Let's go to Samuel in Texas. Samuel, welcome. Um, welcome, um, Brother Jackson. I just wanted to bring up, I know I'm going to paraphrase this, but it says, you know, the, the word says that for one who knows to do good and do not do it is sin. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring up point with the early treatment protocols um, here in our city, in Corpus Christi, and I'll just bring it out. Um, we've been, we actually got the, um, a citizen initiative set up. We only needed 50 signatures, but we got a total of 83 to present to our city council on the 7th of December to ask them to promote, educate, inform the public on early treatment protocols. Um, unfortunately, they decided to do absolutely nothing. And I would say Dr. McCullen made the point about mass formation psychosis and it appears that it's happening everywhere because for someone to know to do elected officials decide to do nothing to help inform at least inform the public they don't do it and if you for example we go to any place to go to, to the vaccines or the shots or whatever they don't have a clue about the VAERS. they don't know anything about the adverse adverse effects the deaths or anything they're just there to stick people with an actual shot that is actually harming a lot of people. But nevertheless, the early treatment protocols are pushed to the side as if they're not helpful when they actually are. And I just want to bring that yeah. point up. That's an excellent point, Samuel. In fact, I'd go even further and say, not only are they just pushed aside as if they're not helpful, they are denounced as if they're harmful. And by the way, uh, I, I'm gonna have this attorney on as soon as we can schedule him, but one lawyer won a case in which a hospital was fined $10,000 a day for refusing, I believe it was ivermectin. And uh, I think the courts are gonna realize there's something cult-like and evil about denying people the ability to try when they're on their deathbed anyway. Well, folks, that's gonna do it for today. Great program, great to be with you. Remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.